Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, welcome to the Courtney Turner podcast. I am here today with Jack McInerney. He is the CEO of a Hindu coin renewal. And we're going to talk a little bit about his whole crypto journey and all about the Hindu coin. So how are you doing today? If I was any better, it'd be a crime. Wow. Well, that's pretty <laughs> awesome. <laughs> we, we need, maybe we'll talk a little about a little bit about those secrets. So, <laughs> okay, okay. The fastest thing you can change in the world is your attitude. You either have a good one or a bad one, and I just choose to have a good one every day. I I, I think that is a really great idea, and I think more people should do it. That I, I think that's true. It is the fastest thing you can change, and it's one of the few things you have any control over. So, yes, yes, yeah. Yes. So tell us a little bit about how you got involved in crypto, what your journey has been, and then how sure. did the Hindu, Hindu uh, coin renewal come sure. about? Sure. Um, like most people, I was a radical skeptic of mm-hmm. cryptocurrencies. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my youth, uh, when I was, as I say, uh, skinny, drunk, and good looking, none of which I am now, I'm, I'm a very boring person now. Um, <laughs> my... Um, I started out my career with a great with, attitude, though. Yeah, right. <laughs> the attitude's only improved with age, like a fine wine. Um, the um, I I spent about a little under two decades at something called the Chicago Board of Trade and the Chicago Mercantile Exchange, learning how to trade. I became somewhat of an options expert, so I know about derivatives, swaps, swaptions, and all that nonsense, futures. Um, so that was my uh, trade, uh, why they still had open outcry pits. I later in life, um, did some technical stuff at Lucent where I used my computer degrees from college. I knew I'd eventually use them. And then, um, I spent the uh, last decade or so in my father's business, the insurance business Mm -hmm. about, um, four or five months ago, I'm at a party at a bar, pizza, beer, it's a wonderful environment and you get trapped in one of these conversations with a believer. And this guy was a believer in Bitcoin. And I asked him because I had followed it. Um, as I tell folks, I was laughing when Bitcoin hit 300 bucks. Mm-hmm. I was giggling when my ex-wife was buying it at 3,500 bucks and I was laughing hysterically when it hit 30,000 bucks. I stopped laughing when it hit 67,000 bucks, had a moment of reflection and said, Jack, are you wrong? Or, I'm sorry, are you right? And is the rest of the world wrong? I mean, how can this many people get a snow job like this? So I'm talking to this guy and I say, If I may ask you a question, how can Bitcoin go from $67,000 down to $30,000 and back up to (laughs) $65,000? He just gave me a classic answer. He goes, and, and, you know, with this almost cultish look in his eyes, 
Jack, you have to think of it this way. Think of 21 million people pushing behind it. And I'm sitting there going, whoa, (laughs) really? Uh, I remember when 21 million people were buying Beanie Babies. (laughs) And a lot of people compare um, uh, modern crypto to Beanie Babies. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a fad, a real value behind it, blah, blah, blah. So that got my little noggin thinking. And I said, wow, 21 million people pushing behind something. What if you had a billion? Would it really go high? Right. So I germinated this for a while. And then I I, I decided to take about a month and just do what we call intellectual experiments with these, (laughs) Um, which is, you know, what it's, you know, experiments without the uh, beakers and Bunsen burners. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's things called Monte Carlo scenarios you do uh, with uh, bond portfolios and stock portfolios, that kind of nonsense. Mm -hmm. And I went through it and I started to discover the mechanisms. Um, As I tell folks, my master's degree is in information systems, which is kind Mm -hmm. of a big data degree. So I'm one of the 917 people in America that can actually explain the blockchain to you. The wow. problem is that it takes about four hours and mm-hmm. at the end of it, you kind of lose the will to live. It's that boring. <laughs> so, so, you know, other than that, I can't explain it to you, but you know, as a floating ledgers and all that nonsense, um, mm-hmm. it's better just to avoid it. And I said, as I say, in any venture I've ever been in. And one of the things I did in my life was I ran a small business development center for the state of Illinois And I basically helped write people write business plans. Mm -hmm. And I, how I normally started it was I said, the people who write business plans for their business, new or even an old business, one you inherited from grandpa, Mm -hmm. go out of business 50% of the time. Right. Sure. The people without a business plan go bankrupt faster, quicker, and greater. So a lot of people have this uh, emotional um, perfection complex about, I have to defend my business plan, you know, under every single scenario. And I said, no, the first, uh, the first customer of your business plan is yourself. It gives you So what I'm going to do. And I did this with dozens of clients. Mm-hmm. I'm going to sit down at your kitchen table, your conference table, a table in the library. I don't care. We're going to sit down and for three hours, we're going to write a crappy business plan. We're going to write an imperfect business plan and you are going to get enlightened at the end of it. And that worked for a lot of people because it it relieved them of the perfection complex. Getting back to getting back to crypto. Mm -hmm. Um, So Uh, I did these experiments and I discovered that there's more than one type of crypto. At at that time, there were what I call two levels, not layers, levels. Mm -hmm. Level one is a digital currency backed by the blockchain. Right. Which is, I think, eventually worthless. And the reason I think Bitcoin, Dogecoin, 
Litecoin, all of them are eventually worthless, yeah. is because they have an internal burn rate that no one's really paying attention to. Can and you what explain I mean what, that, yeah. Anticipating your every question, Courtney. (laughs) You are. I I feel like my my telepathic skills have really improved Mm. recently. (laughs) No, I'm not kidding. It it happens all the time. I'm like, I have a question and then the answer comes. I'm like, great. I'll just sit here. (laughs) I I, I try to make life easy. As I tell folks, if women don't find you handsome, they should find you handy. So (laughs) awesome. (laughs) Birds to live by. Uh, so, so anyway, uh, you're going to remember this podcast. <laughs> uh, so um, the internal burn rate of Bitcoin. I have a friend in the computer business. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sherwin's been there for you know, 40 years. Uh, he knows everything. You go into his house. He's got 200 laptops all on these shelves, fixing some of them, blah, blah, blah. Right. And I told them I was, you know, doing these thought experiments on um, cryptocurrency. You know, it's, oh, yeah, I was one of the original nodes. I go, what do you mean? Hmm. Bitcoin is verified, depending on who you believe, by hmm. 30,000 or 75,000 random people around the world minding their own business who have computers that are constantly on that record blocks and hashtags and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. In um, 2009, a buddy of his from college said, Sherwin, you got to do this. You're into computers. Just dedicate one of them on the internet and you'll just record uh, blocks all the time. And right. he goes, do I get paid for this? No. What do I get? Well, you get voting rights maybe sometime in the future, but it's a really cool thing to do. Okay. okay. So he did it. And you wouldn't know it. I mean, you have to, you know, it's one of these uh, messy types of basement. You have to crawl through stuff to see that one computer and um, laying on a shelf that's been up for 14 years or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and on it, we looked at it. He showed me how it works and it was just as boring as you might think it would be. But I said, you know, let me see the about page. Bitcoin recorder or whatever it said, 1.0. This was the original one. And he goes, you know, I wonder if there's an update. So while we're there, he updated it to Bitcoin recorder 22.0. He had missed 21 upgrades. Now, but it still worked. That's how robust Bitcoin is. It still worked from 1.0. But I asked myself this question. If Bitcoin isn't owned by anybody, it doesn't have shareholders, it doesn't have regulators, it just exists out there. (laughs) Who was writing those 21 updates? Right. Well, apparently there is this committee of volunteers Mm -hmm. that spend their own money, their own time, and their own resources and do a consensus type of analysis to agree on the next update for bitcoin what point are these people going to start dying off mm-hmm. will a new generation replace them mm-hmm. and how much money do they actually spend being part of the inner club and one of the biggest problems or one of the biggest debates in cryptocurrency 
is decentralization versus centralization. Sure. Is somebody in charge? Right. Well, the biggest exchange is um, FTX, uh, Binance, uh, Coinbase are centralized exchanges. Right. And if you look at a list of the, uh, which I probably should have sent you, I apologize for not doing it, okay. of the 544 cryptocurrency exchanges that exist today. Wow. Um, of the first 100, I believe only two of them are decentralized, which, which remember, I was on the board of trade for nearly 20 years. Right. I know what a centralized exchange looks like. Sure. I actually wrote my own contract that got traded on two different exchanges. Wow. I'm one of the few pit traders that ever did that. Uh, if nothing, I can be creative. <laughs> so so I'm, I'm looking at this going, okay, I'm starting to get a sense of this. Mm-hmm. So somebody's got to pay for these updates and it's volunteers right now. Well, eventually volunteers run out. Right. What was fascinating was I discovered the layer two coins, which are in the parlance are called stable coins. Mm-hmm. Right. They're backed by something. There's right. something real tangible. This is great. <laughs> but there are three types of stable coins okay. that kind of get confused and maybe four five, six, seven, you know, somewhere there's some 17 year old in a Romanian grandmother's basement, you know, inventing the ninth type of stable coin. But for your audience, <clears throat> there are fiat stable coins, mm-hmm. which are basically one-to-one. Uh, it replicates the U S dollar, right? They are now, um, one came out a couple of weeks ago for the euro, which makes sense. They're eventually going to have one for the yen and some other, they're, they're going to go down the scale. Mm-hmm. Uh, the problem is pegging. Um, do you believe, <laughs> my grandmother was named Peggy. So <laughs> um, do you believe them? Do you believe this mysterious group of guys in some foreign land who uh, speak geek talk all the time, really have $73 billion in various banks backing up $73 billion of fiat coin. Maybe. Uh, some of these guys are getting audited and some of the aud- a few of the audits are actually good. They're by real accounting firms that have their license on the line for these audits. And then there's these audits that are a little wobbly yeah, kind of, sort of. And then there's these audits that are just sketchy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, and, but having a fiat currency makes a lot of sense because think of it as uh, two cells in biology mm-hmm. where information has to pierce the wall of one cell and pierce into the other cell. And that's the uh, blockchain world and the fiat currency world. Mm-hmm. This is unregulated. This is very regulated. Mm-hmm. So when you want to buy and sell uh, ETH from <laughs> Ethereum, uh, can you do it with uh, Bitcoin? Well, yeah, that's real easy because you're in the same cell. You're going crypto to crypto, and that's just a accounting thing on a floating ledger somewhere. Right. No regulators. But when you want to take British pounds, euros, Swedish kroners, whatever, and buy ETH, you now have to deal with somebody's banking system, mm-hmm. which is the official word of that is called annoying. Uh, <laughs> the very technical term. Very yeah. technical term. Hyper annoying. 
And the reason it is, is annoying AF, got it. It's because you have the Democrats who've never run a business, who don't know how to run a business, who have these laws. And they occasionally collectively go something called insane. Uh, I, I have a friend, God bless Betty. Betty's gone through three husbands. She's 89 years old and she still works every day. Mm. Betty is in the meat trading business. She inherited from her second or third husband. It's hard to keep track of this with Betty. And she's been in the business for 50 years, maybe 60. And, you know, hi, you need a load of chicken thighs in Nigeria. She can make that happen on refrigerated trucks, on Merced ships or what. She just knows that business. So she has big deals. She got a check for $125,000 because she, you know, put pork quarters in Vietnam or wherever she put it, right? Right. God bless her. Chase Bank, a large U.S. bank, in case you're seeing this overseas, Chase Bank wouldn't let her have her money for six months. Because it was an unusual transaction. Right. She's 89 years old. You think she's a, she just became a drug dealer overnight? Are you kidding? And, the, and I was talking to a banker who was telling me, yeah, if I bank a used car deal, dealer, mm-hmm. if he goes 25% in deposits under or over his usual average, I've mm-hmm. got to report that to the government. Nice. So that is why blockchain is becoming very popular because it stays within that cell and Mm -hmm. it's faster as opposed to trying to pierce back and forth going through these insane regulations and the reason they're really really insane Mm -hmm. is um you know i'm not the youngest (laughs) kid on the block but i remember the 1970s when uh futures and options were coming on to uh, the market Mm -hmm. and the alphabet soup people, the IRS, SEC, FBI, blah, 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 CFTC. It's just endless. Nothing yep. is more permanent than a temporary government department. That's for sure. Um, Milton Friedman said that, who I've talked to in the past. Um, anyway. Yeah, uh, from, wow. <laughs> he was from Chicago, too. Wow. Uh, but, he's but definitely anyway. someone I'd love to talk to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got to talk to about uh, five or six Nobel economic laureates just because I hung around the University of Chicago. And they all had radically different personalities. <laughs> this is wild. Yeah. But anyway, um, uh, regulation um, uh, on the SIBO, uh, the Chicago Op- Board of Options Exchange, mm-hmm. they only put on call options for the first two or three years. Mm-hmm. And then put options were only allowed on 10 stocks because they didn't know how to regulate them. So this, it takes the regulators decades to catch up. Mm-hmm. When you try explaining the blockchain and derivatives on derivatives on a blockchain, their eyes start crossing going, what's going on here? Right. And the problem with foreign uh, regulators is they just look at the U.S. and they literally cut and paste U.S. regulations into their uh, into their books. We've been looking at uh, the 27 nations of the Caribbean, where a lot mm-hmm. of people are like FTX in the Bahamas and others. And you're you're looking at these regulations, and you can almost hear the 
East Coast accent coming out of them from Washington, D.C. So anyway, <laughs> we're, we're, we're looking at this and we discovered level two. Mm-hmm. Got it. Well, if you're backed by a fiat currency, great. It's one to one. It never moves. You really got. So, the I'm so sorry. Can you back up a little bit, though, because yeah. I, backed by a fiat sounds like yeah. an oxymoron to me. Well, well, here's the thing is, um, <laughs> is, you know, when we when man crawled out of the caves, the first currency was seashells. For some reason, people thought that had money. Then well, we I in, mean, there are like pearls in oyster right, exactly. shells. Right, so. Objects or what, what are called mediums of exchange, mm-hmm. because trying to get exact barter is take you forever. That's why we yeah. were in the cave so long. So, so anyway, uh, you have some form of a medium of exchange. Right. God bless the Dutch. They invented the medium of exchange on something called paper, you know, right. with the king's face on it and some numbers. And that worked out because right. it said somewhere in it, gold certificate. Mm-hmm. or silver certificate and there was this room surrounded by guards and bars mm-hmm. with over another precious metals in it okay right. well somewhere along the line in america was 1972 with nixon we exchanged that for the full faith and credit of a bunch of bureaucrats nobody knows about i i know it worked, <laughs> it worked. but if you look at paper currency as the um winklevoss uh twins have come up with they're the guys who uh started gemini and they started facebook long story we don't have time yeah and and that's not really what happened but if you read the uh the leader inc uh lawsuit that's uh that that's the the story they told to make a nice movie and that's Ah. the story they want you to know but that's definitely not what the legal reports show okay well well as as a once very wise man said not my circus, not my monkeys. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> okay. So, so anyway, the Winklevosses started uh, Gemini, and in, in their interviews, they said the average paper currency lasts 27 years, historically. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, if you're in Venezuela, they were throwing out mm-hmm. their currency on the road because it just wasn't worth having. And there's all these, you know, from Hong Kong, from the Weimar Republic, uh, Germany. Uh, Brazil in the 80s, the Cruzeiro, Cruzado with a wheel with a wheelbarrow full of money and muggers would steal the wheelbarrow instead of the money. They just leave the money there because the wheelbarrow had value. So that's one of the reasons, again, for crypto. So um, but fiat currency is still around. People still have money in their wallets and money in their checking account. Mm-hmm. Um, but having said that, there have been some other, again, really smart, bright engineers who got kind of creative, and they have taken level two cryptocurrencies and backed it with commercial real estate, backed it with works of art, which eventually became NFTs, which eventually became bored apes. Hello. Um, this generation is way too much time on their hands. Uh, uh, but um, it, the other thing uh, you can do is back it with that wonderful yellow substance called gold. Yeah. And there are a couple of uh, currencies, uh, pr- cryptocurrencies that do that, mainly Perth Mint, which is shockingly in Perth, Australia. Um, pes- uh, pesos, uh, P-A-X-O-S, okay. uh, based out of New York, um, where they have something like $700 million of currencies. And how they work is, 
you get a crypto, it has its long digital address, and then it has um, uh, 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 serial number mm-hmm. on the gram of gold okay. that is on a particular shelf on a particular wall right. of, um, of, of an actual of an actual vault. So they, and they get audited. So you can trust those. So uh, when you trade a currency, mm-hmm. um, people think, okay, I'm just going to trade a currency. No, you have to think of trading pairs. And when uh-huh. you list, you list your pair. And how most people do that is they'll list the, you know, Betty Smith coin versus ETH, Betty Smith versus Bitcoin. In short, when you're in that cell, what do you trade? Well, when you have a fiat currency like uh, uh, USDC or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, you can trade it against the dollar, kind of, sort of, because it always stays worth a dollar. can also trade it against gold. The okay. problem is some really creative Korean guys, Do Kwok and others, decided that they were going to create a really dynamic layer two based on an algorithm. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> this kid was really young and he cost somebody $50 billion or a whole bunch of people $50 billion because the algorithm collapsed. Uh, and again, when I was doing my research and mind games on this, I'm looking at this and I'm going, I've been here before. I've been on this ride before. <laughs> it's called a boom bust. This thing's going to, this is a bubble about to burst. And I said this six months ago. And it just looked the same as the 1974 stock crash, the 1981 stock crash, uh, the 1987 stock crash, which I was in the S&P pit during, uh, the housing crash, uh, the dot-com bubble. They all look the same. As Joe Joe Kennedy said, he was... um, walking to the New York Stock Exchange, the father of the president. And he sits down, gets his shoe shined. Uh, this is before when this is when people wore leather shoes instead of gym shoes every day. You uh-huh. actually had shoe shine just for the young kids who need a translation. <laughs> okay. He's getting his shoe, shoe shine guy is giving him stock advice. And that's when he said, it's over. When a shoe shine guy who never graduated grammar school is telling me what stock to buy. It's time to get out. And he was right. And that's why he was able to buy huge stuff on like a merchandise mart on great sales because he got out, he got out at the top. So if you got out at $65,000, congratulations, you're a genius. It's now at 19 to $22,000. We're talking Bitcoin. So I'm sitting there going, okay, fine. And this was the experiment. Put yourself in the future three years. What would you, what would your future self tell your present self to do Mm -hmm. if you knew it was going to crash? Mm -hmm. So I had a conversation with myself. I said, self, here's what you ought to do. Create a level three currency. And how this works is... Let me back up first. <clears throat> a pegged currency, whether it's pegged to gold mm-hmm. or pegged to the U.S. dollar or whatever, has a very high floor. Mm-hmm. Right. It also has a very low ceiling. Right. 
It's whatever that thing is that day. Yeah. A level one coin, Litecoin, Dogecoin, whatever, has no ceiling, as they say in the term of art. It can, but it also has no floor. It can go to zero. And right. there'll be 20, 30,000 cryptos out there. Most of them are hovering below a penny. So, right. Mm-hmm. So I said, well, okay, you got your floors, you got your ceilings. If you were going to architect this, how would you architect it? What would you want? Mm-hmm. Well, if you're a greedy little wanker, yeah. you'd want a really high floor and no ceiling. Right. So how do you do that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I do. And well, it's tell, please tell us. <laughs> <laughs> you, first of all, there's two ways. Uh, and I, I covered the four big mistakes of present okay. cryptos. Distribution, identification, um, mining, and some other nonsense. Um, so when you distribute a coin, right. you mint a coin, and then you put it in other people's hands. How do you do that? Well, Bitcoin started out by mining. Mm-hmm. I cannot think of a stupider way of issuing a crypto coin because you use all this electricity, you're torching the environment, uh, you have tons of computer power going into this, and who ends up owning your coin? Really smart, geeky teenage boys. The, poss- <laughs> the world's worst marketers. These guys couldn't get a date for their prom if their life depended on it. You would have a much greater success rate if you literally gave the coins away to everyone in the United States named Kardashian. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It'd be all over the place. You'd have social media. It'd be great. But having said that, there's no money exchange and you have it is granted it's totally decentralized, but you have no value. Mm-hmm. So the market in uh, uh, 2016, 17, 18 decided to do what the stock market does. And that's have IPOs, initial public offerings, but they call them ICOs initial coin offerings Mm -hmm. where you sell the coin and you get a ton of money and uh, this money backs the coin or it goes to some nutty things, you know, like, you know, saving the uh, three finned whales off Antarctica or whatever, you know, trying to change the weather with climate change or whatever the 20 year olds are believing. Um, And most of those ended up spending all the money and wasting it. So what I said was, let's take 80% of the money people give in mm-hmm. and put it in gold. Okay. And put it in gold in 20, 30 different vaults. Mm-hmm. So in case one government's really, really mad at us, we only lose 2 to 3% of what's going on, right. as opposed to having one government halt you. But. So you now have a floor. Mm-hmm. You cannot go because what happens when the crypto sinks by 20%, you are now at 
the level of gold. Right. And compared to fiat currencies, gold only has a tendency to rise. Sure. When I was 12 years old, gold was 30 bucks an ounce. Oh, dad, why didn't you buy more? (laughs) So, So that is the floor. Right. Now, what we decided to do was when you sell a coin, why do you have to sell it all at one price? What's unique about us is we scale up. We're issuing 100 million coins. A bunch we're selling at a dollar. Mm-hmm. Then a bunch of $2, $3, $4, all the way up to $1,000. Okay. Now, because of the way math works, mm-hmm. when we sell $1,000, mm-hmm. 800 of that goes into gold, right? right? When we sold it at a dollar, 80 cents of it went into gold. Right. So when you add, so if you buy two coins, one for a dollar, mm-hmm. three coins, buy one for a dollar, one for five hundred dollars, and one for a thousand dollars, your average is just slightly over four hundred dollars of gold per coin. Right. So when we finally release our last coin, we'll be back by f- roughly forty percent gold. We're going to try to increase that to forty five percent. So that's the floor. How do you create an expanding ceiling? And this is where we developed the level three. So you have your level two. And on top of this, we plop what we call a community shark tank. Many people have seen shark tanks and one of two things happen on a shark tank. You either get funded or you get humiliated. One of the two. (laughs) Right. Right. You have these mean capitalist wankers sitting there judging you, just so judgy. And and, um, and, um, I'm looking at this and I realize the potential of this. If we have 10 projects vetted every week, Mm -hmm. 50 weeks a year we do this, we vet 500 projects. So we will do this in the Hindu community. And why the Hindu community? What, well, we what? have four coins. Okay. The Hindu renewal coin, mm-hmm. the Muslim renewal coin, mm-hmm. the Christian renewal coin, and the Catholic renewal coin. Okay. And they all have certain things in common that most people wouldn't think of. Okay. One, they're all near or over a billion people. Remember that guy with the 21 million pushing? Right. Well, what happens when you have a billion people pushing who all believe the same thing and believe God is on their side? Right. Now, our nuance is to make a cultural coin, not a religious coin. We are not theologians. We're not telling you what to believe. But Mm -hmm. since you already believe what you believe, why not have a medium of exchange between your fellow believers? Right. So in America, who has accepted more immigrants than anyone else, when you originally came over to America, you settled in your community. And when you wanted to start a business, you borrowed off your fellow patriots, your fellow foreigners right, uh, or compatriots. So uh, it is that type of thing. And there already are um, venture capital funds for Hindus, for Muslims, for Christians. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, we hope to put that on steroids. So how the math works is just saying, 
when you uh, present on the Hindu renewal coin shark tank mm-hmm. um, and <laughs> yeah. you get funded. Yeah. The trust that's holding the gold. Yeah. Gets two to 5% of your equity. Okay. So if we vet five, let's say four years pass, we vet it 2000. Uh, 1000 of them, half of them were actually funded. Mm-hmm. That trust will have two to five percent of one thousand startup stocks. Oh. We believe that nine hundred of them are going to go right off a cliff. Welcome to startups. It just right. happens that way. Sure. Ninety of them are going to kind of waffle around, and you know, hopefully, will eventually succeed. Sure. And about ten, ten out of a thousand will become unicorns. The next, and that's basic. We're we're betting on one tenth of one percent success rate of the venture capital firms that are in India now that are investing in Indian startups. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have heard they had one lady reported on a new show that her success rate was eighty three percent. Wow! So we're betting on one tenth of one percent. Personally, I think we can make it if they got eighty three percent. I'm thinking we may even be 8% in my wild imagine. Also is uh, the American show, the Shark Tank in Britain, they call it the Dragon's Den and other people call it other things, but it's basically a Shark Tank. Mm -hmm. I can't wait till they sue us. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, In the Shark Tank, they make roughly, depending on the year, $125 million in advertising. Wow. We will take, yeah, the show is a great success as a show. Yeah. Yeah. We will take that money that we earn from producing the show and guess what we're going to do? We're going to buy gold. So the actual pile of gold just doesn't Mm -hmm. sit there. It actually slightly grows over time. So instead of inflation killing the coin, the coin actually rises because what's backing it increases. Right. Right. It's so did all that make sense? <laughs> all that did make sense, actually. Yeah. I mean, I really do like the idea of it being backed by gold. Uh, you know, something right. should go back to a gold standard um, yes. other than Russia. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah. I, so I, I do like that idea. I, I guess I'm still... no ceiling. Right. Yeah. Lord, no. no ceiling. Right. Yeah. That's great. Um, I, I guess I'm my cur- my question would be, I, I think a lot of people are curious about the security right. of coins, right? Um, right. Because anything- absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Uh, l- let me address that. And then yeah. I'll go back to the shark tank because we looked at the shark tank and said, we can do better than that. Okay. But, but first security, yeah. uh, there are several um, uh, things about a coin. There's the people who create it, architect it, and issue it. That's us. Mm. Then there's the people who mint it. We are not in the minting business. Mm -hmm. Uh, As of the taping of this podcast, we are deciding whether to go to Solana, Binance, or Ethereum. Ethereum Mm -hmm. is about to do this major merge, and we may be waiting for a month. We're doing pre-sales now. What what is the merge that they're looking Uh, to do? Ethereum, Ethereum issued a coin. 
Then they, the reason Ethereum is so useful is it's complex. They have something called smart contracts, which are automated type of things. Mm-hmm. They issued in 2014, roughly. Okay. Some really smart kid figured out how to get around the rules while still being in the rules and stole $50 million of other people's coins. So naughty, naughty, naughty. Yeah. And the Ethereum guys had this really big debate saying that's illegal. We ought to prosecute him. And the other half was saying he did it within the rules. So it's allowed. What? So what they had, what, what is known as a fork, a hard fork. So they issued a new Ethereum. So there's classic Ethereum and new Ethereum. Um, so somewhere in the middle of uh, 2022, mm-hmm. August, September, they're going to remerge everything. So it's in one Ethereum with a lot more security. Okay. So the security exists in the minting of the coin. Right. Which 30, 20 to 30,000 people have already minted some coin of which most are worthless. But the second is where you keep it you keep it in something known as a wallet, yeah, which is an account. And there's basically two types of wallets, hot and cold. Yeah, Hot wallets are on chain. They are with an exchange like FTX, Binance, uh, Coinbase, someone like that. Right. The secure, those firms spend a lot of money in security. We are not in that business. We okay. are not setting up an exchange. We're setting up a coin. Mm-hmm. So, our coin will most likely eventually be traded on multiple exchanges. If it gets big enough, there's a billion Hindus. Hello. So, so you have the security there. If you're really um, tense about security, there's this thing, the size of your thumb called a thumb drive and you keep all your codes on there. Please make 20 backups of this. So you're not uh, going into a garbage dump digging saying, <laughs> <I accidentally laughs> no one's ever up. done that before <laughs> oh, they have. um so anyway and the garbage dump wouldn't let him do it he right, offered yeah. to split it <laughs> so um so um there are hot and cold wallets uh i've always suggested to people you know if, if you start to have real money in this over ten thousand dollars yeah um have 90 percent of your coins on a cold wallet in a safety deposit box, if you're not trading in and out every day. Well, what do you mean in a safety deposit box? Like the thumb drive. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So that would be a cold wallet? Cold wallet. Because it is, no one can get to it. Right. It is not attached to the internet in any way. Exactly. So yeah. Hot and cold wallets. Gotcha. Um, so, yes, we are not in the security business. We are outsourcing that. We're outsourcing the minting to one of the big three or four who can do it. We're outsourcing the exchanges. They've spent tens, if not hundreds of millions of dollars securing that. Um, So we basically are creating the automobile. We're not creating the dealerships. We're not creating uh, the banks that finance it. So that's the business we're in. So back to the Shark Tank. Back to Shark Tank. Yeah. We looked at this and. We're looking at this and going, eh, we can do a better job than that. Okay. So we have sharks. And imagine we originally started with the Christian sharks and we were going to have two rows of six mm-hmm. and call them the funding apostles. Okay. <laughs> S- 
some people got a little edgy about that. Yeah, give me a break, lighten up, you know. But we're depending on how many sharks we can get, we'll have anywhere from four to 12. Great. Okay. Here's the two big differences mm-hmm. around them in kind of a crescent shape, we're going to have a studio audience. Okay. And we're going to have 50 to 200 people in that studio audience Mm -hmm. with these amazing tools called a smartphone. Mm. And on this smartphone will be an app that will allow them to take up to $5,000 of any deal. So you, you have some lovely little couple up there. We want to open a vegetarian restaurant in Kansas city because Mm -hmm. everything's a steakhouse. They need one vegetarian restaurant. And one of the sharks go, got it. Here's a million bucks. Mm-hmm. For 60 seconds after that, the uh, piranhas, sharks, piranhas, the mm-hmm. piranhas can take out $5,000. So if you have 20 of them, mm-hmm. they can take out $100,000. So the shark now has $900,000 of the deal. And the piranhas have 100000 collectively of the deal. Oh. See how that works? Yeah. Now, if you are a really high investing piranha mm-hmm. and there's a really low investing shark, at the beginning of the next show, mm-hmm. the low inv- the worst shark gets demoted up to the audience and the biggest piranha gets promoted into being a shark. Mm-hmm. Got it? Yeah. On, on the Catholic show, we're going to actually have a nun transfer them. It's going to be great. She's going to have a big ruler. It's going to be great TV. No. Yeah, great TV. <laughs> uh, yeah, hit, hit the shark for not investing in good Christians. You know. um, but wait, there's more. Okay. Uh, you have seen American Idol? I, I have, yes. I, I'm not a watcher, but I've seen it, yes. I'd be uh, sitting in bed uh, with my lovely ex. Um, and she'd be sit, sitting there getting emotional in the mm-hmm. show going and sitting going, I'm going to vote for her 10 times. She was great. <laughs> she yeah. moved me. I said, uh, darling, each vote cost a dollar. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> there were weekends uh-huh. where more people voted in American Idol. Mm-hmm than the presidency of the United States. No. By far. Wow. Close. So there well, were, there were, their there votes were, may have counted more in American <laughs> Idol. <laughs> so there were weekends where AT&T and American Idol made $150 million in that weekend. Wow. Right I am in the wrong business. Wow. Well, <laughs> Our Shark Tank will have a layer three. Okay. Sharks, mm-hmm. the, the minnows. Mm. We will, and by the way, I ran a, a internet television TV station for medical talk shows for seven years. Oh, um. Yes. I, I bring two skills, the financial and the technical to this. And a wild imagination. Um, <laughs> the minnows will be able to watch the show live on their cell phones anywhere in the world. Wow. And 
as such, because of the Job Act of 2000, 2012, mm-hmm. anybody can invest up to 1000 or 1500 bucks in anything. Mm-hmm. The guy who started um, AOL, Steve Chase, took him four years running around Congress, but he said, if we allow people to buy lottery tickets, if we allow people to go into horse tracks and casinos all day long, right. owing baby shoe money, why don't we allow them to invest in American startups? And Congress eventually had the Jobs Act where you can, um, uh, that's where you got Kickstarter and all those folks after that. Right. Anybody can invest, I think it's up to 1500 bucks now. So we're going to allow you to invest up to 10 bucks. So you can have, for example, you have 10,000 people around the world. Yes, each one of these coins has a billion people or more. Right. If 10,000 of them say, yes, I want 10 bucks of that restaurant, mm-hmm. which you want, because they're going to be your customers and they're going to pay you for the privilege. Right. That will take another collectively 100,000 out of the shark. So the shark will end up with 800,000. The piranhas, 100,000, and the minnows, 100,000. And as, as we tell folks, there's a billion people possibly watching. If you mm-hmm. present your idea and you can't get funded, you deserve mm-hmm. not getting funded. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's got to work. I mean, just on an emotional level, people are, some people are going to throw money at you. Right, right. So, so yeah. that is what we hope to do and eventually become a uh, means of um, means of exchange that uh, is better, quicker, faster. And if I can say one thing about security, yeah, uh, the latest study I've done on the evil people, the criminals mm-hmm. using crypto. Uh, so the last study I heard was 0.4 percent of cryptocurrency is used in nefarious reasons, used for criminal activity. Mm-hmm. How much of that is in U.S. dollars? I mean, last time I checked, criminals have suitcases full of U.S. dollars. I think that that's less of the concern. I think, you know, individual criminal activity is always going to be, I I mean, you're always going to have hackers. There's always going to be crooks and there's always going to be, you know, people who are out for essentially sociopaths out for personal gain. You know, that unfortunately that that's a reality. I think a bigger concern is, uh, you know, it becoming a part uh, subsumed into some sort of a hacked centralized uh, control mechanism. That's a, I think that's a bigger concern than, you know, because that, that is when you look at kind of the plans of the elites, they do want it to be a digital uh, currency that's, you know, they have full oh, control yeah. over. So, yeah. Well, the joy of this mm-hmm. is competition. Uh, China closed down all the exchanges, gave them two weeks to get out. Binance was in China. They moved to Singapore and they mm-hmm. made had a very successful move. And they're the number one exchange in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I traded at the Board of Trade, they laughed at the mercantile. Ten years later, the mercantile bought the Board of Trade. Mm-hmm. So these things go up and down. So right. what's going to add value? Right. Well, one is security from evil people but another one is security from government yeah <laughs> governments you know when, when you know when you have 89 year old ladies named betty 
that the your bank just says you can't have your $125,000 because you might be a drug dealer. Uh, Governments go insane from time to time. Sometimes they recover, sometimes they don't. I would argue governments start off insane, but you know. (laughs) Well, they start, sometimes they start off, sometimes they grow into it, sometimes they grow out of it. You know, who knows? Um, (laughs) Right. I I was reading a book uh, this last week about uh, uh, this young lady who survived the uh, Lebanon Civil War in Mm -hmm. 1975 through 80. And they bombed her house. These okay. guys literally bombed her. And uh, she and her two elderly parents were in this bomb shelter getting okay. rattled, thinking they're going to die any moment. Mm-hmm. After one bombing, they went up and dad ran a restaurant um, and saw this coming. He took all his money out of the bank and put it in a steel box. And a bomb hit the steel box and blew up the family money, blew up his life savings. That doesn't um, happen with crypto. That's good. <laughs> that, yeah. that, that's a yeah, plus. So, yeah. Uh, since uh, World War II, the war to end all wars, there's been about 150 wars. So yeah, if you know, if you're a Ukrainian right now, you really want your money in crypto because mm-hmm. if you have to run to Romania, Germany, Sweden, you have to run somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, bandits along the way can steal um, in Afghanistan. Another classic example when governments just change overnight and the new one isn't really good. Uh, people were saying they had to get six to seven thousand dollars to walk out of the country to either mm-hmm. India or, or to Pakistan or Iran. Mm-hmm. And what you use the money for was to pay the gunman not to shoot you and your family. Uh, with crypto, the first guy can't steal all your money. Right. Right. So there are refugees. I mean, I, I get it that this crypto will eventually be a refugee currency along with a medium of exchange. Well, I I think certain ones, right? Because I think I, it sounds like some have a, a more of a chance to be decentralized than others. And right. some are more secure and some are. Right. Uh, yeah. There's 30,000 of them. Yeah, exactly. About as I tell folks, there's 30,000 cryptos and no one knows the name of 29,900 of them. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. There, there, there's a lot of teenage boys who thought they'd create a crypto to actually mint a crypto cost about five bucks. If really? you're a computer. Yeah. Interesting. Because what, when in the mining process, what you're actually paying for is the amount of electricity it takes to generate a hundred million um, a hundred million lines of code. And that's about two to three bucks. Wow. I didn't know that. That's fascinating. You could have the Courtney coin in about 15 minutes with a little wow. program. Well, we still. should, obviously. <laughs> what would you do with it, right? <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd rather have a uh, coin with a high floor and no ceiling. Yeah, that, that definitely. A high floor and no ceiling is a, is optimal. Um, what What are your thoughts on if because I think they do want to regulate uh, crypto. That that seems to be something that I, I've definitely heard. Uh, do define the collective pronoun, please. They. The they, or right? They. The, the they. Um, well, I know that the central banks are talking about regulations of crypto. So, 
you know, what, unfortunately, I think our government seems to be somewhat influenced by the central banks. So I'd, I'd like to think that, you know, we're impervious, but I don't think we are. So <laughs> uh, let's talk about the RBI, Reserve okay. Bank of India, which okay. is basically their Fed. In right. the last six months, they've said, we will accept the existence of crypto. Then they said, we will totally ban it and put people in jail. And then about two weeks later, they said, well, maybe we'll start our own crypto. And mm-hmm. then, well, maybe we'll allow people to continue what they, well, maybe we'll, I mean, they're just all over the place. Right. And like I said, I've been to this rodeo before. You have schizophrenic regulators. Right. Who, um, there, there's an old country saying, uh, boy, never try to get a yes out of somebody who can only give you a no. <laughs> uh, bureaucrats are not known for their bravery. They write no. books about the half dozen that were in the last millennium. Mm-hmm. Um, bureaucrats are very good at denying you permission for activity, whatever that mm-hmm. activity. And the and the big one is zoning boards. I don't know if you've ever gone into a suburban zoning board meeting. It is Kafka-esque. I mean, it, it is brutal. Okay. Um, you know, I will they, do my best to stay out of them. No, you, you got to go to a few in your life just to look at it, just to go, wow, this is something I want to avoid. But when, when it comes to regulation, uh-huh. um, Henry Ford II, mm-hmm. uh, the guy who ran the Ford Motor Company from World War II to the 70s, right. uh, wrote his autobiography. Mm-hmm. The title just slays it. The title of Henry Ford II's book, autobiography, was Never Complain, Never Explain. Okay. <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's time to be a Nike. Just do it. Mm-hmm. Um, or, or as the other old saying goes, it's better to beg for forgiveness than ask for permission. Right, right. Yeah. I, you know, doing what I do, you run into like-minded people who are also trying to mint a coin. And they're um, combining what I think are really weird things. Um, a lot of uh, coins are coming out that are health-based. So you're trying to combine the blockchain with Weight Watchers. Okay, good luck with that. I mean, Interesting. I, you know, they're, they're going nowhere, but, you know, God bless creativity. Um, but, yeah, they're, they're running into the same problems with regulation. And they, they're spending months, if not years of their life, begging for acceptance you know face it we're the red-headed orphans mama's not gonna like us as much as the other kids mm-hmm. uh one guy said i said yeah you know we're we're looking for a you know a country of origin to put the trust in and we were thinking about malta i mean he, he just recalled i've spent the last year in malta trying to get permission and all they do is have you fill out forms pay fees more forms more fees and after a year he got nothing because right. a bureaucrat can't say yes right right the, no well they can say yes to red tape <laughs> but, but, the, but but the joy of crypto is as i tell folks where does bitcoin exist who owns bitcoin where is bitcoin so what, what, one of the ether, right. It, it exists on every single computer on earth. It exists on 75,000 computers all over the place. Uh, we, if we ever do start our own exchange just for our own coins, mm-hmm. we would put our nodes in Hindu temples, 
Muslim mosques, Christian churches, and Catholic cathedrals. So if you ever wanted to massively attack us, mm-hmm. you would have to create the biggest religious desecration on earth to make that happen. And nobody's bureaucrats just don't have that kind of guts. Uh, um, I hope you're right on that. <laughs> Besides, they'd have to attack us. On I don't think that the comments. bureaucrats have that kind of guts, but I, I can think of some people who do. <laughs> um, well, well, you know, it, it's prosecutors. Right. Um, there, there are prosecutors in every single country and they prosecute. Mm-hmm. Um, in America, uh, they send in 30 member SWAT teams to at three in the morning to arrest uh, partially disabled senior citizens. <laughs> just you know they're nuts and and to me that's free advertising for crypto you know mm-hmm. do you want all your assets in this country that does this to agent provocateurs like roger stone right. now, Ro- roger stone is just a big mouth who likes to you know provoke people they mm-hmm. sent a swat team after the guy the guy is asthma he's an unarmed 67 year old you know, Bavanyan or whatever, however the French say it. Um, we're we're it, coordinating an interview. I, I spoke to him recently. Oh, okay. Know. Right. So uh, ask him if he wants some crypto. I got some. <laughs> All right. But yeah. Well, you know, we're, we're, I, I, I know he's got some legal fees. So. <laughs> well, uh, to that end, uh, let's say you're sitting there minding your own business. You get a, your door bust in. They throw you to the ground. They handcuff you. They shackle you. You're in a prison cell. And what's the next thing they do? They grab all your cell phones so you can't call anyone. They grab all your computers so you can't email anyone. And then they freeze your bank accounts. At this moment, what do you want? You want a crypto account to pay your lawyers to get your computers and phones back. Right. When you got money that the government can't touch. Yeah. Uh, I, and that is the question, though. I mean, is it really uh, safeguarded? Because is yes. it safeguarded from the regulation? Is it safeguarded from some sort of, uh, you know, hacking by the government or, you know, or by or government like entity? Oh, yes. Make sure you have a passcode yes. okay. on your thumb drive. Yes. But, but, you know, it's diversification. Have several different thumb drives, have some thumb drives of your friends and they have some of yours so they can uh, cash you out and pay your lawyers to get you out of the who's go. Right now, there's a bunch of kids going, uh, Siri, what is who's go? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Wow. Well, that's that's really encouraging. That's yes. uh, right. So, so again, the, um, as I, I used to teach college, I used to teach mm-hmm. remedial math to mm-hmm. uh, gang members. It was really interesting. <laughs> that must have been fascinating. Just it as was. a study of a, human nature. And yeah. yeah. Had a few people go missing on posters, never found again. Yeah, it was, it was a rough school. <laughs> yeah. But I um, um, forgot where I was going with that. Anyway. Oh, um, in, um, anyway. Um, I'll think of it in a second. I'll uh, think of it. In, you're saying that it was encur- encouraging, uh, and you know that is some sort of a uh, safeguard against the uh, the you know when you need funds that are, have been seized. Right. Yeah. Uh, right. <laughs> um, I, I just instantly went back to some of my stranger classes. Um, 
but um, yeah, I mean, history is replete uh, with um, uh, people who pissed off the government mm-hmm. and who ended up in jail for it. And you know, if um, if you don't have movable money, uh, uh, the last time interest rates went negative, or the first time, was in 1937, when you had a lot of Jewish families in Germany trying to get out. And what they did was they took uh, pieces of paper and memorized uh, long codes for treasury bonds that were waiting for them in America because they bought it at the embassy. Wow. And they, they sewed, sometimes they sewed these uh, codes into the hems of the dresses along with diamonds or whatever movable money. Wow. Well, I didn't know that. That's. Oh yeah. And, and, and the, and the weight uh-huh. of buying for treasury bills was so great because they were yeah. so desperate to get out of Germany. Of course. That the interest rate temporarily went negative. You give us a hundred bucks, we'll give you $99 when you get here. And they said, great, worth it. Sure, of course. So, so yeah, uh, they're, 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 history has a lot of fascinating ways to travel with money. Uh, the, uh, you know, traveler's checks were invented in the Crusades, right? When the, when the Catholic Church would have notes in Antioch or wherever you were on the way, and uh, you had to duplicate signatures from mm-hmm. your bank in Paris or whatever, and and the Catholic Church charged a lot of money for that service. But it was the year eleven hundred, so you know before the end. <laughs> that one I didn't know. Yes. What are your thoughts of, about the future of the economic system and? Uh, I guess both kind of, you know, in the United States as well as globally. What are your thoughts on the future? Let me give you a few quirky thoughts, if I can. Yeah, please. Um, You know, so many people say profound things. Quirky is so much more interesting. Um, A lot of people don't realize this. As we're sitting here today, there's about 205, 215 countries uh, depending on who's doing the counting and how you count Transnistria and some other weird little odd places. Right. 65 countries don't print their own currency. They use somebody else's. Mm-hmm. Uh, granted, they're all small island countries. Right. You know, but but if, if you're the, if you're, if you're Bimini, are you going to use the U.S. dollar or try to mint your own coins, you know, go through the whole thing. That's 65. Why do countries, which are big monoliths, why don't they pollute, uh, produce airplanes? Why is Boeing, and Airbus is technically a private, why don't they produce cars? Well, a few of them produce cars and they're crap. Well, mm-hmm. why, do, why do governments produce currencies? Currencies is a object. You know, what's the difference between a currency and a refrigerator? Okay, there's some, but um, I think uh, um, the Dutch East India Company, the British East India Company Mm -hmm. produced currencies. They actually, and it was a private company. Yes. Uh, In Hong Kong uh, before 97, uh, the um, Hong Kong Shanghai Bank Corporation actually printed the currency for Hong Kong. And regulated it. They didn't have a government regulator. They just shored that off to a really big bank that kind of looked like they knew what they were doing Mm -hmm. more than the bureaucrats did. I think that's going to become a trend that 
you're going to go from tiny countries to medium-sized countries, uh, especially when you have Venezuela, now Argentina, which is a tragedy, soon to be um, uh, Chile. Uh, I think you're going to have South Americans uh, just have a medium of exchange in the Catholic coin. What do you mean? I'm I'm producing the Catholic renewal coin. When you oh, go into I a shop and you, okay, and you yeah. pay your barber, you're going to pay them in Catholic coins. You, uh, by the way, a lot of um, of uh, exchanges are producing credit cards that will get you in and out of fiat to go from one cell to the other. So you can actually pay somebody in Bitcoin, and they'll instantly do the conversion. Like going to Piccadilly Square in London and say, "Yeah, I would like some bangers and mash." Here's my American Express or Visa. Right. They pay the merchant in British yeah. pounds. They suck out U.S. dollars plus a little fee mm-hmm. <laughs> um, right. uh, be- because of all the bank transfers. That little fee is actually less on the blockchain because there's less steps. So uh, the blockchain in certain circumstances can be a lot more efficient than a regular Visa card. Uh, th- th- there was this famous photo of carrots. <laughs> You have a bundle of carrots in Venezuela on a table. And then they had dates underneath it. Mm-hmm. And then they had the amount of money it took to buy this one pound of carrots. And on January 1st, it was, you know, three um, uh, pesos, whatever. And then on March 1st, it was this small stack. And then on April 1st, it was this small stack. And by December, it was this mountain of money, you know, four quadrillion pesos to buy the same pound wow never underestimate government's ability to print worthless money (laughs) i don't (laughs) definitely don't underestimate that at all (laughs) exactly exactly so there you go uh people always say yeah in um in abraham lincoln's day uh quarter ounce gold coin could buy you a nice suit well, it can still buy you a nice suit today. It's the same gold coin. The amount of dollars it takes is just, you know, 10 versus 510 bucks. Right, right. Yeah, paper plates, assets don't. Right. Generally speaking. Yeah, no, that's a, I mean, they do manipulate assets to some degree, but they, they can't manipulate them to the same extent that they manipulate paper. Right. Yeah. How can you tell when a government leader is lying? They're moving their lips. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're breathing. <laughs> that, that's right. how you know. <laughs> right, right. You know, I, I, I have some Russian friends uh, who now live in the States because of the Ukrainian situation. Mm-hmm. And they say the average Russian doesn't even know there's a war on. They information dominance can right. keep you in the dark. Fortunately the, inter- fortunately, the internet wipes away a lot of ignorance and puts a lot of sun sh- sunlight on, to a distant degree on a lot of bad situations. Totally. Well, um, you know, I've had friends who uh, have had their bank accounts frozen because the government just didn't like what they said. They didn't like something in advertising. I'll give you a classic example, this real estate guy. Hi, four-bedroom house um, on lovely shady lane with phenomenal views. They fined him thousands of dollars for saying phenomenal views 
because that offended a blind person. What? Yeah. Yeah. No. Yes. And this was in the 80s. The 80s? Yep. And where? It's only gotten worse. Well, it's gotten a lot worse. If you have two people of the wrong race in a printed ad, you get sued and fined. Where where was this that that Chicago? Happened? The phenomenal views got yeah. it was in Chicago, and it, what was the ad for? A four bedroom house. He was in real estate. He sold houses. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and that was you know when the republic was dying, as opposed to being totally dead now. <laughs> right, right. Wow, that's astounding. That uh, is. Yeah. I mean, today that it's far worse than that, but it's but that in the eighties. Well, that not much surprises me. That that that's I'm surprised. <laughs> wow. No, yeah, I'm not. I mean, just well, as you know, n- not to get political here, but yeah. I'm a Republican from the city of Chicago. It's lonely. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course, I understand. I'm, I'm more of a libertarian, and um, mm. uh. It, it just it's one one side of the political spectrum dominates they dominate the information and they dominate uh, money and movement and yeah one of the few yeah. things you can do is put some of your assets in cryptocurrencies where they can't get at it sure i i i think it's a lot more complicated than that i think you know they're it, they it definitely always moves left but they they pull puppet strings on both sides for sure I, you know, I think there yeah. that there's forces that go way be above just our uh, political structure. So, but but yes, absolutely, they they definitely manipulate through, uh, you know, leftist ideology. And if you're if you're oh, yeah. going against any sort of uh, mainstream narrative, then you are right. definitely. So, so w- w- one of our goals is to take that from. Uh, yeah, what did they say in the seventies? Just because you're paranoid doesn't mean they're not really out to get you. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. And individuals can kind of get why this is valuable to them. Sure. If anything just for the movement. Our goal is to hopefully eventually convince corporations. It's good to have some of your liquid assets in crypto mm. just because. Right. Well, I, I, I think uh, I, I'm more in favor of empowering the individual than I am at the, the corporation because the corporations are not so individual. So uh, it depends on the size. And uh, yeah, I, I, sure. There, sure. There's something called the Aspen Institute, which was mm-hmm. run by an old friend of mine, Sidney Hyman, God rest his soul. He'd be like 120 now. Oh, wow. Um, he was Adlai Stevenson's speechwriter. Okay. In the 50s and wrote some speeches for John F. Kennedy. Okay, and, and he ran the uh, Aspen Institute, which is kind of like a think tank. And I was sitting having tea with him one day. He was in his eighties, and I said, "You know, when you look at really large governments and you look at really large corporations, isn't it kind of like the dance of the dinosaurs?" And he goes, "You're absolutely right. At some point, you start ossifying in large. There's a natural." lifespan and a natural size for some companies Mm -hmm. it's really hard to be a car company under a hundred million dollars right it's really hard to be a funeral home over five hundred thousand dollars 
Mm-hmm. People have been trying to consolidate the funeral home business for generations. Can't do it. It needs that personal touch. It does. Uh, yeah. One uh, would hope. <laughs> one one but, would hope. Yeah, yeah how true. Yeah. So, um, but at some point you start ossifying. Um, and, you know, that also goes to the laws. Um, in Britain, they call it legislative sludge. Um, the uh, uh, Maggie Thatcher assigned a group of very smart lawyers, about half a dozen of them, and said, we want you to go through the entire code and just get rid of all the sludgy laws. Mm-hmm. And they got rid of 7,000 of them. Some of them were laws from like, this is England, from 1532 sure. that uh, required a certain toll to be charged going over a certain bridge. The problem was the bridge burned down in 1739, but the law was still on the books. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so, so yeah. Some things are not self-cleansing. <laughs> no, that is for sure. And uh, definitely when it comes to anything government oriented, that that's for, for sure. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Huh, that's that's very interesting. So anyway, the big question is, when are we dropping the coin? Yeah, when are you dropping the coin? Uh, hopefully in the next 60 days. Sometime okay. in August, September. Um, we're dropping 100 million coins on the scale we mentioned earlier. And you go to hindurenewal.com. You can sign up for the newsletter. Mm-hmm. Um, and we actually have a, a page uh, somewhere that you can sign up to uh, be in the first lottery of the coin drop. So you can pre-sign up now. Very cool. All right. The coins are going for a dollar. The last coins are going for a thousand (laughs) dollars. Right. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Yeah. For those of you math geniuses, when we issue the thousand dollar coin, all coins are fungible. They're the same coin. Mm -hmm. All coins are backed by $400 worth of gold. Right. Well, if you bought a coin at 22 bucks, it's backed by $400 worth of coin, a gold. Of gold, yeah. So that's why it's better to get in early because as it grows, the gold level rises past what you paid for your coin. That's pretty awesome. All right. Yeah. So, so everyone should get in early. That's, <laughs> yes, that's the no. moral of the story here. <laughs> Don't spend more than you can lose. <laughs> right. Always, always. Yes, yes. Don't don't spend more than you can lose. Yeah. Well, that's but super it, super yeah. exciting. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, definitely. And and that that was really fascinating for me. I know very little about the whole crypto, and uh, you know a lot more now. I do. Yeah. No, I, I do. I know a lot more now, and it is uh, it's it's very interesting, and I'm. It'll be interesting to see what they do with, because I do think they're going to try and regulate some of these, you know, other ones. Um, But a lot of them aren't backed by anything. So I I think that'll be. Well, one of the uh, little uh, technical things your audience may want to know about. Yeah. Is um, again, the collective pronoun as opposed to the recusative pronoun is they, uh, that being collective governments. Governments are going to fully embrace crypto like 
El yeah. Salvador did or totally ban it like China did. Exactly. Everything in between. The problem for government is it's on the internet. So good luck with that. They won't be able to chase everybody. So when you are in America mm-hmm. and you want to get on an exchange like FTX or Binance, well, <clears throat> uh, there are two Binances and two FTXs. There's Binance in Singapore mm-hmm. and Binance in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. There's Binance or there's FTX in the Bahamas and FTX somewhere in the U.S. What they've done is they've created two different exchanges under two regulatory environments. So if you're in Indianapolis or Cincinnati and you type in Binance.com, you will automatically go to the uh, San Francisco one. You cannot get to the Singaporean exchange unless you're on a VPN. You have to be on a virtual private network picking a country to route through to get because information dominance has already hit us that the, in the U S you, you know, people say, Oh, we're the freest country on earth. No, we're not dream on. Um, and thank you for living under your delusion. Uh, if <laughs> there are folks who do weird things with our internet that prevent you from getting to certain places. So if you're in crypto and you want to get to overseas exchanges, KuCoin, whatever, you might not be able to do that unless you get a V. We have reached that stage. Yeah, yeah. That's that's very unfortunate, but that's really good advice. Absolutely. And it's absolutely true. And read, read George Orwell's 1984 again if you haven't read it in a while. Definitely. And Brave New World. Yeah, Winston Smith was a government bureaucrat. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Orwell needs to be made fiction again. And uh, (laughs) same with Brave New World. I I think we're, yeah. yeah. Huxley. Huxley, yeah. Aldous Huxley. Yeah, for sure. Have you ever met another Aldous? I haven't. (laughs) I actually have. Oh, wonderful. (laughs) Yes. But he didn't I go by Aldous. I think he went by like Aldi or something. Okay. Yeah. Or Al. Yeah. <laughs> but not the most common of names, no. <laughs> For sure. For sure. Well, this has been awesome. Do you have anything else you want to add? And uh Hindurenewal.coin. Yeah. Eventually mm-hmm. we'll have links to the other uh three coins. We hope to do the Hindu one, then the Muslim one, then the Christian ones, and mm-hmm. then finally one for me, the Irish Catholics. It's all Catholic. <laughs> but that'll probably be in next year or so. In, in how long? Probably next year, January, okay. February next year. Okay. So we're, we're doing them serially. We hope to get them out every two months. Uh, but, uh, you know, <laughs> life's a lesson, and we're going to learn a few things. Again, we, we know what we want to do. We yeah. want to uh, issue a coin. We don't want to be an exchange. Uh, we don't want to be a mentor. We're going to let the experts do that. We yeah. just want to be the only coin with a really high floor and no ceiling. Right. So by not do by exporting these other things, you still feel like you can ensure, uh, you know, security and uh, all of because those. We're not doing it. Mm-hmm. Binance or Solana or whatever exchange we pick, which will be sometime in the next two weeks. 
which will be on our website. So that'll be big news for us. Okay. All right, then. So again, it, it's a Hindu renewalcoin.com is, is the first one. Yes. Okay. That'll be the first one. And then how will people be uh, notified for the next ones that come after that? Signing up for our newsletter on any of the sites. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much. And by the way, your audience will be the first to hear this. Yay. Awesome. Thank you. You got an exclusive. Wow. Thank you so much. That's awesome. Thank you. And if I can say to our friend who connected us, Matt mm-hmm. uh, Throckmorton. Yeah. Thank you, Matt, for telling me all about this wonderful show. Oh, thank you. Namaste. <laughs> this podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.